For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Tis a Thursday edition of Birds 365. Countdown numbers, Johnny Mac. 79 days till the opener. And today is show 57. Does it feel Whoa. like you and I have done 56 shows together? Uh, no, it doesn't. It's just flown by, Jody. Probably feels like 257. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, for me, it's just flown by. Uh, same here, my friend. And uh, it's always fun uh, getting together with you every morning to talk mostly Philadelphia Eagles football, but we like to be bop around and talk about uh, all things National Football League related. And a lot of times that means Philadelphia Eagle related because, yeah, they got to compete against those 31 other teams in the NFL, specifically in this upcoming season, which, as I mentioned, the start of which is just 79 days away from the Eagles. But once again... There's no new Eagle news. We would love to come on here on a day-in, day-out basis and have something to give you. Hey, when last we spoke 22 hours ago here on Birds 365, this was not the case, but it is now. Yeah, we can't generate that kind. We get Jeff Lurie on the phone. I know Johnny Mack has got his own personal cell number. Oh, yeah. Jeff always wants to talk to me. drops everything just to talk to me. um, Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Lurie doesn't talk that much. You know, we always talk about Jeffrey Lurie and the the comparison about meddling. And, you know, I always say Jerry Jones does it overtly. Like, Jerry loves it, man. Jerry hosts press conferences after every game. He wants wants it. Um, He he loves that part of it. Jeffrey doesn't want any part of that. But they're sort of the same when it comes to what they do behind the scenes. They're involved with everything. Jeffrey's there every day. He's not an absentee owner. That's his gig, man. He's at practice. He's looking there, uh, you know, overseeing the field, as our buddy Ed Kratz said, uh, like a general looking at the troops at practice. He's out there every single day. He just doesn't want to talk about it. Agreed. And, uh, you know, I come at it from a uh, radio standpoint. You're a print journalist, does a little radio on the side. I'm a radio guy through and through. Uh, we had Jeff Laurie on as a guest, myself and Glenn Mack now, my old partner, my other Mack and Mack combo in my life. Um, many, many moons ago when Jeff Laurie first fought the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. And now, I don't can I know- ask you a question real quick? This, yeah. this, this is going to be an interesting story. WIP, I assume, at that time still had the Eagles' rights, right? So um, they were the Eagles' rights holders, or was it on MMR? They, they were, and then it transferred over to MMR. I'm pretty sure about that. Because right? I'm just wondering how you guys procure Jeffrey Glory. Right, uh, and and at the time, MMR was a CBS, which has yeah, now okay. become Intercom, which has become Odyssey. Uh, so it was in the broadcast family, but the games might have been on, because I did the Eagle pregame show for uh, four years in the early 2000s. And this was, what year did uh, Jeffrey buy the Eagles? 
Well, 90, it's 26 and 94, maybe 94. somewhere in that range. Uh, so I, I, that's a great question, John, and one that I can't answer off the top of my head. If they were still on on uh, WIP, they were on WIP. Then they went to MMR. Then they came back to WIP. Yeah. Um. But we, we the, the the company that owned uh, both radio stations was the right holder to the eagle rights holders to the Eagles. Um. So they were going to uh, at least you would think they would attempt to uh, cooperate and and represent for the product. Um. Jeff Laurie came on as a guest of both Glenn and myself, and I. Do not remember him coming on again since. <laughs> uh, certainly not on no. any of my shows. No. And I don't know about on any shows at eight. I'm sure Angelo got him on once over the past 20 some odd years. But Jeff Lloyd yeah. doesn't like to do uh, radio yeah. appearances. Oh, by the way, Jerry Jones does a weekly radio weekly. show in Dallas. Yes. Weekly. weekly. Every yeah. single week he shows loves up it. for an hour spot. Loves it. Absolutely loves it. And I, I have a lot of respect for that. I always say with Jerry Jones, say what you want. There's plenty to criticize. I, I mean, it starts with, with Jimmy Johnson and the ego and all that. Um, and not being able to, to sort of handle the fact that people looked at Jimmy Johnson and said, this is the reason you built a dynasty. But once you get past that, I have tremendous respect that he takes accountability for everything he does. That, that's one thing where I think he's got a huge advantage on Jeffrey Lurie. Look, when Jeffrey Lurie talks the couple times a year he talks, he loves to talk. He he does these opening soliloquies that could range up to 15 minutes that touches on everything from societal issues, never mind the quarterback situation in Philadelphia. So it's not like he doesn't like to talk or he doesn't have opinions, Jody. But for whatever reason, he doesn't want that constant uh, uh, spotlight on him. Uh, and there's some good to it and, and there's some bad to it. The the bad to it, in my opinion, is the accountability, the right. lack of accountability aspect. I remember, you know, probably the best example of this is when Howie came back. You know, because at the time... Obviously, Howie was not very popular. He's not very popular now either, but he had that run where they won the Super Bowl and he's everybody loved him for about 15 minutes. <laughs> what a what a great job. What a what an unbelievable job. But when he came back and it was like he had the press conference and we're like, is he gonna have power? You're getting all the obvious questions. Is he gonna have final say? And it's like, we'll see. It's gotta be collaborative. And then boom, that's it. And it sort of was like from that point forward, osmosis, he just became more entrenched in the job. You can't ask questions of the guy who hired him. And he just goes away. And, you know, people move on to the next thing. So from that standpoint, I guess it works um, to a certain extent. When you talk about these difficult decisions, you sort of take one gulp of medicine and then we, we don't see you for six months, and a lot of stuff happens in six months in the NFL. Right, and that's why you would like to have access to the owner a little bit more often because uh, major decisions can be made, and you will never hear from Jeff Laurie. And if you believe, and guys like yourself and Jeff McClain and all the great Rob Marty, who we'll have on uh, later here today on the show, the great Eagle reporters who do have sources within the organization – it has become rather apparent that Jeff Laurie is a hands-on owner and a owner 
who has, I believe, my opinion, and again, I'm working off the insights that I get from other guys whose job it is to get those nuggets of information from inside the organization. It seems like it has increased over the years. Not off the charts increased, because I think he's always been pretty much hands-on owner, but maybe more so over the last five years, 10 years, 15 years, than uh, all the way back to when he first took over the uh, football team. It has increased, uh, just my belief, but he's not always readily available to at least answer why certain things have happened in the organization. The point you made about accountability is the one thing I think everybody would like a little bit more. No, we're not going to get Jerry Jones accountability, but maybe a little bit more often than his two state of the union addresses that he makes every single year, unless he makes a major move like firing Doug Peterson this off season, where we did get, Hey, we may be a team in transition. Well, they are a team in transition, at least in one way. And that's quarterback. Uh, right before we started the show today, I have uh, Pro Football Talk on Peacock. You use Peacock a lot, Johnny Mac? Uh, well, I use Peacock for the obvious reason. You should know, Jody. Why do I use Peacock? I got no idea. That's why I asked. WWE, come on. Ah, shame on me. I should have yeah. known that. Yes. So, um, yeah, I always have Peacock on. And I'm very excited, by the way, because Peacock is on the fire stick because I have a fire stick on two of my TVs today, first day ever. So as soon as this show is over, I got it. You just reminded me. I have to go download Peacock on the fire stick. Okay. Good, so I good. could watch uh, WWE on the big screen. And don't good have to for you. I'm a uh, Comcast guy. So, yes, I got Peacock on all my TVs and uh, free of charge, which – I know it's not going to last forever. At some point, you, we're going to have to start to pay for Peacock. Oh, yeah. Just because you're a Comcast customer, they're doing the right thing and giving it to everybody free of charge for a period of time. Oh, that's going to end at some oh, point. But Pro Football Talk is on Peacock in the mornings. And uh, I like the NFL network. When I get up in the morning, no, I got to hop on with you trying to find a nugget of uh, potential interest for our viewers. Um, and the NFL Network show is good, uh, the the dudes that are on with Kay Adams in the morning. But uh, the two guys who do pro football talk, Mike Florio and Chris Sims, are also good. So I go back and forth between the two, and I just happen to have Peacock on this morning. Are you a Chris Sims fan, Johnny? I McMullen? love Chris Sims. <laughs> I love Chris Sims for different reasons than I, yeah, you know, I, most I, people dislike Chris Sims. Uh, but, you know. But let's be honest. He, I think he trolls people. I don't know that for a fact. I'd love to get Chris on the show, but he's obviously on the air at the same time right. we are. We so got we no can. shot. We got no shot. But he did his top 40 quarterback list, and obviously it's not popular locally. But he does some hinky things. I think he does it on purpose. I, I don't know if he does it. Maybe he believes it. I don't know. But you know how this industry is, unfortunately, Jody. There are certain guys that shall remain nameless, that just throw crap out there to get people to react. And boy, do they react. I, I I don't understand it. It's one guy's opinion. It's one guy's opinion. If you don't like it, go to the next guy. But whatever, it works for Chris Sims. So from that aspect, I have tremendous respect for him. Well, here's the reason why I think Chris Sims can do what he does. And yes, I am of the mindset like you that, he, when he puts something like his top 40 quarterbacks in the NFL list out, he does so with a goal to get reaction. Yes. Uh, I, I'm not saying that he just uh, said, oh, wait, 
I actually believe this quarterback should be here. Let me drop him down 10 slots because that will really tick off somebody, a fan base or whatever. I don't think he does it that way, but I do think that he can tribes a list like this and says, move a guy here or there or whatever. And, ooh, if that – if I really dropped him down – if I moved him up this much, yeah, I think I'd get a big-time reaction. I do think he does troll, at least in part. And he is a very recognizable name, and he has had some pretty good media jobs before they put this show on TV, and now it is on TV every single day. Florio is very well uh, received. When I say received, I mean at least gets enough attention – in the football fan world with his phenomenal website, which has been going for years. So those two as a duo are going to garner a lot of attention. He is a former NFL quarterback. So that supposedly gives him insight and expertise. I got to tell you, his and his list, dad, obviously the last name sure as yeah. hell doesn't hurt to be a yeah. Sims. You are 100% correct. Thank you for adding that to it. I should have, um, just overall, if I were to ask you, John McMullen, football expert, do, do, been doing this a long time. Give me an overall grade of the uh, 40 quarterback list that uh, Chris Sims has put together. If you're just grading it from top to bottom, it all counts. And you have to believe that he's in the neighborhood or he's completely whack out of his mind or damn, he's got it exactly the same as me. What kind of grade would you give uh, Chris Sims? Top 40 quarterback rating. Well, I was an adjunct professor for a short time, Jody. Teaching I did not know that. Very short time. But the key word um, there being junk? Uh, yeah, junk. <laughs> Very good. Um, so I'm going to say I, I people like me because I graded easily. And I'm going to grade on a curve here. And that curve is he got what he he he, he got what he wanted to do accomplished. So I'm going to give him a B plus. And that's not uh, an assertion on what you want. What do I think of his list? Look, I'm just going to pull it up here real quick. There's the obvious Patrick Mahomes, number one. I think he did what you just explained uh, with Aaron Rodgers, dropped him down a spot to put Josh Allen in front of him just to create sort of some outrage, which yep. is – you know, if you're into being outraged over goofy stuff, uh, go for it. It's silly. I'll grant you it's silly. And then here in Philadelphia, obviously, it's it's a top 40 list, Jody. So, obviously, there's only 32 starting quarterbacks in the NFL, uh, meaning there's some backups on here. And Jalen Hurts is not on here. So, obviously, Philadelphia fans do not like this list. And they haven't liked this list for a very long time because he's been putting out five people at a time. And once it became abundantly clear, because you know Jalen Hurts isn't going to be in the top 10, top 15 even. Once it became abundantly clear he wasn't going to be on this list, oh, people just lost their minds. And I will uh, join that group. Mark me down as one of those guys who think that Chris Sims is proving to be a uh, knucklehead. A uh, an individual who is looking for more of the attention than to actually get those who uh, have some kind of resume that can uh, fairly evaluate uh, a position like quarterback in the National Football League. I think he's just crazy. I think he's nuts, and I think he is doing it for effect. <laughs> Jalen Hurts absolutely belongs on this list. 
right, uh, we only uh, we got a couple minutes here before we're gonna take our, our first break. Let's let's get into this uh, uh, a little bit, knowing full well that we've already told you Jalen Hurts isn't there. So uh, yeah, I'm not gonna be crazy enough to put Jalen Hurts in the top 15, top 20, maybe the top 25. Um, but uh, I'm surely not going to have them outside the top 40. Uh, so the first uh, bunch of names we run through, we're going to take this in comparison to where the Philadelphia Eagles sit, which is with zero quarterback on Chris Sims' top 40 list, but the Eagles' starting quarterback, oh, or at least who we perceive to be the starting quarterback, because remember. Yeah, I'm Nick surprised Black, I'm surprised Nick Mullins didn't hit 40. Maybe Mull- I was going to say Flacco, but Nick Mullins. Neither Nick Mullins or Joe Flacco is on the list either, uh, in case you hadn't figured that out. Uh, and though the head coach won't commit to uh, our quarterback, as uh, he won't commit to anybody being the starting quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles yet, just yet. Maybe that's what Chris Sims is hanging his hat on. If the coach won't even commit to a starting quarterback, how can I put any of the Eagle quarterbacks in the top right. 40? You come up with any silly explanation when you make a stupid mistake like this, like Chris Sims did. All right, let's just uh, go through this somewhat quickly. Um, you mentioned Mahomes one, Josh Allen two. Yeah, that's just to get a reaction. Why would you even think about putting ahead of Aaron Rodgers? Stupid. Um, Aaron Rodgers at number three, Deshaun Watson at number four, Russell Wilson at number five. We'll do him as the way he released them, top five. Uh, other than Josh Allen at number two. You got any issues with Sims list one through five? I think Deshaun Watson is a little high, uh, but I wouldn't say anything else is outrageous in the top five. I mean, you can make an argument that from a talent perspective, Deshaun Watson can be up in that position. Obviously, he's not going to play this year, most likely. So I don't know how much it matters. But uh, other than Josh Allen over Aaron Rodgers, I don't I don't think it's outrageous, the top five. I was going to say, if you're going to drop Watson down some, who are you moving above him? Certainly, I would have no issue of Wilson for well, Brady. Uh, even at 43, I'm putting Tom Brady above him. I, okay, I mean, that's how fair. Do you, how do you not put Tom Brady above him? And, and you know, you can make arguments for a former MVP like Lamar Jackson. I'm just saying there's some arguments out there. But the one clear, I, I mean, Tom Brady should still be in the top five. I mean, he's coming off a Super Bowl. I, I think he belongs in the top five. All right. So if you got Mahomes one, Rodgers two, you got a problem with Josh Allen being three, would you put Brady in at number I, three? I, I would put uh, Brady three and I'd put Russ four. Russ uh, four. And, and to be honest, I'd put Deshaun Watson ahead of Josh Allen. So I'd probably keep. Deshaun Watson in the five, I, I in, in in the top five. I, I'd have to think about where I'm going to put Josh Allen. I, you know, because there again, you can make arguments. There's a lot of young quarterbacks with upside. I, I, he wouldn't go much farther down than six, but I'm not sure I'd even put him there. Not not top six. Ooh, that's interesting. Uh, he had a phenomenal year. He did. I, I got to say I don't it again, have... though, Jody. Like Jamar uh, Lamar Jackson has had a couple phenomenal years, not in the playoffs, but I mean, 
He's been the MVP, so you can make an argument he should be she should be above Josh Allen. Right, but he actually went backwards last year. Off his MVP season, he went backwards. So I think the direction you're trending in should be part of it. Shouldn't be the only thing. If that's the case, then just rank the quarterbacks from 2020 in the National Football League. I think your entire body of work needs to be taken into consideration. But it decreases the further you get away from the year that it just transpired. That's why. Yeah, I think now, I now that I go down the list, I probably that'd be the only guy. So six or seven anyway. I I don't think that's much of a difference. Uh, so it, you, as I said, you could probably wrangle back and forth. But the one guy, you, you know, Tom Brady. Clearly, you're. And again, everybody, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, maybe last week on the show. Everybody's got their different definition. If you're going to factor in Tom Brady at 43, how long is he going to do it? All that stuff. You're going to have a different list than somebody who's just going, okay, who's got who? Who's got the better chance to go to the Super Bowl this year? Coming off a Super Bowl, another Super Bowl, the greatest quarterback of all time. Now, if you're talking about 2025, yeah, I'm going to put Josh Allen ahead of him. Agreed. Um, so there are different ways that you can look at the list. All right, so we're close on the top five. Next grouping would include Lamar Jackson. Here's one where I actually give uh, Sims a tip of the hat, and that's Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray has not put up the numbers yet. His team has not made it into the postseason yet. Forget about advancing the postseason. But individually showing off and showing his capabilities – I think the upside for Kyler Murray is huge. Uh, some people would argue, now, how can he be in the top seven when he's only been in the league uh, two yet, when he's only uh, won X amount of games, when he hasn't made a playoff team yet? I don't have a problem with him uh, rating Kyler Murray as high as he's got him. And, oh, by the way, I think it's going to be a breakout year for Kyler Murray. So I, I'm kind of in agreement with that one. How about you? I think Kyler's a little bit high when I look at some of the people behind him. You know I'm a fan. You're not. I'm a huge fan of Matthew Stafford. I think he's going to have a huge year with Sean McVay. I think he belongs on top of him. I think Dak belongs on top of him. We just talked about Tom Brady, obviously. And and if you want to go upside with a young quarterback, I mean, I don't think there's a young quarterback with a bigger upside than Justin Herbert. So, it again, it depends upon your difference. If you're asking me who would I rather have long-term, I'd rather have Herbert than Kyler Murray. I mean, I just would. Um, but, you know, I don't have a problem. He, he, him straddling sort of that top ten, I don't have a problem with that. I'm a Herbert fan too, but uh, just projecting for 2021, I think Murray could have a better year than Herbert. Over the next ten years, could Herbert be better than Murray? Yeah, because – Murray does one thing that we know is become a more important part of the National Football League these days, and that's the ability to just pull down and, and make 20, 25 yards with your legs. It's kind of important. I know Eagle fans should think it's kind of important because uh, that will, I think, in pretty large part define what uh, Jalen Hurts is going to be able to do here in town. I think he's Kyler Murray-like. Um, but when you do have a guy like that, injury comes more into the picture. Now, you can have a guy who's a runner and he never gets hurt, and you can have a guy who's a pocket quarterback and he takes the wrong shot to his knee and he's done for an entire year. So you never know, but if you're playing the percentages, running quarterbacks more likely to get hurt than uh, pocket guys like a Justin Herbert. So it'll come down to injuries. I think those two guys 
are very well matched projecting the next two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years. Um, but who's who's going to be the guy who stays healthier? I think will determine the two. Um, but to this point, Kyler Murray has achieved a little bit more, so I got no problems with him having him up, him up that high. You think Matthew Stafford's going to have a breakout year in L.A., huh? Well, I don't think it's breakout because he's had some huge uh, seasons in Detroit. I just think he's a good player that's been in a bad situation, a bad team. And I know I think Sean McVay called him a bad MFer this week. I, I mean, this guy has got so much talent. And, you know, you talk about – and I agree with you. Kyler Murray, from a perspective of sort of the modern NFL, this is what people think of the modern NFL – it, a lot of it depends on what type of team you have. Like if you're, if you have a bad team, I'd rather have a quarterback like Kyler Murray who can do so many different things and create something out of nothing. But if you have a good team and you think you're ready to win a Super Bowl, I still want the guy that can sling it down the field. And you know, we saw it. Like you, you look at it. Tom Brady wins the Super Bowl, of course. Even Patrick Mahomes, that's the type of quarterback, if you want to talk about the modern quarterback. Like, I want the guy to extend plays, like Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, but always is looking downfield to throw the ball. I think that's more important than the running aspect of it. Um, I, I, I think Matthew Stafford, if the Rams, if Sean McVay is what people think Sean McVay is and they think he's the greatest thing that ever lived, for the most part in this league, he's going to have a huge, huge year because that guy's different from Jared Goff. So, he's, yeah, that's my belief. He's certainly a, a better talent than Jared Goff. We'll see. Yeah, I, I'm not nearly as high on what Matthew Stafford is going to do to be able to raise the Rams. I don't know that uh, Sean Jackson is going to be a difference maker out there. That will be a little painful, won't it, Eagle fans, if the Sean Jackson goes to uh, – uh, like no, he'll be great for the first game. He'll have two touchdowns and then he'll pull up with the hamstring and he'll be out for 10 weeks. If somehow he logs 12 games with the Rams this year, uh, I, I think Eagle fans will be beside themselves, but that's uh, another topic for another day. Uh, all right, so uh, quickly through the top 10 and we'll take our first break and we'll come back and we'll jump into the next group of uh, Mr. Sims's quarterback rankings. He's got Mahomes one, Allen two, Rogers three. Uh, Deshaun Watson, four, Russell Wilson, five. John and I would tinker with a little bit, but not outrageous uh, on the top five, uh, other than Allen being a little bit too high. Should be down there five or six rather than two. Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, which I like. John thinks he's a little overrated there. Matthew Stafford, which I think is a little high. John thinks he could be even higher than that. Uh, Dak Prescott, nine, and Tom Brady, we both agree. Brady should be a little bit higher. That's just age discrimination on Chris Sims' part, having him down at number 10. Uh, we'll come back and get into 11 through 20. Um, we've already talked about Justin Herbert, but he is the 11th guy. Uh, we'll continue on. Did, did, did I mention the Eagle quarterback yet, John? Glad Not yet. Not, Not yet. yet. Okay, we might have to wait a while. He's John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. We're your Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. 
Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. We are your Mac and Mac guys here on Bird. 365. Thanks for hopping aboard today. We're having some fun with the quarterback position in the National Football League. Uh, Chris Sims, former NFL quarterback, turned media member, co-host on ProFootballTalk.com on Peacock, uh, has over the last several weeks been releasing his rankings for the top 40 quarterbacks in the NFL coming into the 2021 season. And we've gone to the top 10 here. We're waiting to hear an Eagle quarterback name. Hasn't come up yet in the top 10. So we'll we'll shoulder on here with Mr. Sims's list. Uh, he's got Justin Herbert 11. Both you and I agree uh, he could be higher. Uh, sounds like you are willing to move him higher right away. Uh, I would probably as well, but not, not a heck of a lot because he's got all of one season under his belt. 11's a pretty good ranking uh, for a quarterback who didn't lead his team to the playoffs in his first year, but certainly was uh, very productive in year number one. Ryan Tannehill, who has done the playoff thing with the Titans the last couple of years, was darn close to a bust in Miami, but I think most people have decided, well, 
Tannehill couldn't uh, compete in Miami because he had really bad coaching. And that was evidenced by the fact the coach moved to the Jets and was as bad New York as he was in Miami. I'm still, you know, how big a Tannehill fan are you? Would you consider yourself a Tannehill fan? Yes. I think he's one of the more underrated quarterbacks in the league because I think the stain of Adam Gase still (laughs) reigns on him. And people fail to realize how good he's been since he's gotten away from Adam Gase. One of the reasons I have so much hope for Sam Darnold, to be honest, for him getting away from Adam Gase. I, I don't think he's a great quarterback, but I just think he's a good, solid quarterback. And as I always say, I say this about Kirk Cousins as well. I say he's probably better than your quarterback. If you're an NFL fan, um, you know, depending on your team, in other words, they're, they're, the odds are they're going to be better than your favorite quarterback because they're certainly in the top half of the league. Uh, and for whatever reason, uh, in both cases, people don't like the reputation or people have gotten a bad reputation about them and don't realize they're a little bit better than you think they are. Yeah, we're, we're, we're very similar, only in the opposite direction. I, I think he's, if, if someone like Chris Sims has a minute number 12, I'd say it's slightly overrated that he has been the beneficiary of it. If he, if he had to work through the Adam Gase era, which I will acknowledge is something he had to do, right now he's benefiting from being able to turn around and hand the ball off to Derrick Henry. Uh, if he didn't have the most talented running back in the National Football League to keep defenses honest, I don't know that he would have put the numbers up that he has these last couple of years. So you think he's a little bit better. I think he's a little bit overrated. All right. Baker Mayfield at number 13. He's an interesting guy because he could go skyrocketing up to this list, be borderline top five by the time uh, we come out with a list. Chris Sims comes out with a list 365 days from now when next season is over and done with. Or he could be out of the top 25. I really am not sure which way is going to go with Baker Mayfield, but I think his game, that team, the Browns this year <clears throat> might have more flexibility, both positively and negatively for this season than any other team in the national football league, because expectations have truly been raised. Yeah. And they should be. That's a very good team the Cleveland Browns from a talent perspective. So He's got everything he needs. I, I I don't know if they can get by Kansas City. I say the same thing with Buffalo. But uh, the Browns should be in that conversation, Jody. It's that second-tier team uh, on the AFC side of the bracket. And a lot of that depends on Baker Mayfield. I kind of think the same way you do. I don't like the inconsistency from play to play, from game to game. Now, you mentioned top five. You you think he has a higher ceiling. I don't think he can get that high. I think they need him to be 13. They need him to be maybe 11, maybe 12. I, I don't think he can go much higher than that. But when I look at Sims' list, I mean, right afterwards, yeah, Matt Ryan, yeah, I just talked about Kirk Cousins. I mean, they're veteran guys. People write them. They're better quarterbacks than Baker Mayfield. I mean, come on. What are we doing? They, they've achieved more than Baker Mayfield, certainly. We'll see. Uh, this will be another good year to determine something like that. You mentioned Ryan at 15, Cousins at 16, 14 with Derek Carr, who I've always been a fan of yet because I think they're coached by John you know Gruden. who isn't? John Gruden. <laughs> exactly. You know who isn't a fan? John Gruden. Right. And uh, therefore, people are always looking to 
find a way for the Raiders to get a different quarterback. Aaron Rodgers will continue to be rumored to be to potentially be going there as long as Gruden is there. I think it's more of a Gruden thing than it is a Carr thing. I think Carr's a uh, dynamite quarterback. I, I put him right there with the cous- with the Ryans and the Cousins of the world, and I got no problem with him being slightly ahead of him rather than slightly behind him. But you could throw a blanket over those three guys. At number 17, he's got Joe Burrow. Burrow was having a darn good at least out of the gate. Yeah. Uh, if you take the first quarter of the season, including a game against the hometown Philadelphia Eagles, which somehow miraculously ended in a tie, I would say that Joe Burrow got off to a better start than Justin Herbert. Herbert wasn't the yeah. Burrow charger. was really good. Burrow was really good. Right. But here's my concern, Jody. Uh, here's my concern. I forget who was it. I think it was Mike Tannenbaum who we had on the show, and he said he was concerned about his lower body. He got hurt. Obviously, and people say, well, he tore his ACL. No, he tore his ACL, his PCL, his MCL. I think there was some LCL damage. I don't know if this kid's ever going to be the same. I mean, that is a massive look at Carson Wentz. Post Carson Wentz was ACL and LCL. This is more than that. I don't know if this kid's ever going to be the same. That's my concern over Joe Burrow. I think you're right. He was playing great in that injury. Look at Robert Griffin III. His, people forget how good Robert RG3 was yeah. in his rookie season. And he gets hurt in the playoffs. Devastating ACL, LCL injury. Never the same. Now, a different type of quarterback. It hurt him even more. But um, I, I'm just I'm concerned about that injury. And correct me if I'm wrong here. And I, I made this point on the air. Uh, over the last couple of years, and I thought rightfully so, but I'll certainly take your uh, expertise on this. RG3 and, and Carson Wentz, it was both of them were non-contact injuries. So I think the regular sports fan believes, well, he didn't even get hit. So mm-hmm. that'll be able to heal up and he'll be no. back to the level that he was. <laughs> Actually, the non-contact ones yeah. turn out to be worse than the contact injuries. What evidence what, RG3 and Carson Wentz? What it seems to me from and again, I'm not I'm not a doctor, I'm not claiming to be an expert, and we'll get doc. We've had we've had Doc Flint on, we'll get doctors on uh as moving forward at times as well. Anytime there's more damage that ACL, I'm not that concerned about. I hear ACL modern medicine has gotten to the point where guys come back and it might take them a year, a full year to get back to where they were uh, pre ACL injury, but they can come back and they can be the same player. I, I always go back to Adrian Peterson, Adrian Peterson tours ACL in December before his MVP season and was back in September and ran for 2000 yards. Clean ACL tear. Talked to James Andrews at the time, did it. Said it was one of the cleanest tears he ever saw. They just repaired it. Turns into an MVP. When I hear ACL and LCL, I get really worried. And and when you add PCL on top of it, PCL, nobody talks about that. Chris Maragos ended his career. Never was able to, now, you know, Chris was a great special teams player. People forget, nobody cares about special teams player. Man, that injury, that injury is devastating. And that's my concern with Joe Barrow. 
Fair enough. Uh, and he comes at number 17. 18 and 19, I got questions on both. 18 is Carson Wentz, and 19 is Sam Darnold. Statistically, they were probably the two worst starting quarterbacks in the National Football League last year. And at 32 teams, that would be number 32 and number 31. He's got them up in the teens, 18 and 19, Carson Wentz and Sam Darnold. No, both are in new positions with new teams, new coaching staffs, maybe upgrades around them on offense, maybe not. Um, I, I guess that's what he's banking on here, that these two guys are now better placed with the Colts and the Panthers than they were with the Eagles and the Jets. But I think this is high for both of these two guys. How about you? Well, you know what this tells me, Jody? Because I don't think it's outrageous where these guys are. But what this tells me, there's 32 teams in the NFL, obviously. There's not, I say it all the time, there's not 32 real starting quarterbacks. And what this list tells me, the cutoff point is 16. Probably 17, but I just mentioned my... My concern with Burrow is just injury-related. He's obviously a, a good quarterback. From that point forward, except for the, the young guys, the rookies. Right, which I Zach think you got to back to them. And number yeah. one is Patrick Mahomes. I think we knew um, even before he sat out his first year when he was drafted, at some point this guy is going to be a, a, a minimum. And I'll, I'll uh, run the curve a little low here. He's going to be a fine NFL quarterback. Yeah. He could yeah. be a good quarterback. He could be a great quarterback. He could be the best damn quarterback in the National Football League. But we'll we'll draw the, the floor, and he's going to be a fine NFL quarterback. If you're a fine NFL quarterback, you fall into that category of legitimate starting quarterback in the National Football League. So I'm going to do that right now with Trevor Lawrence. I yeah, truly so believe I. Trevor Lawrence is going to be a fine NFL quarterback on his floor, his ceiling is he might be the best quarterback in the National Football League at some point in his career. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. So take out the rookies, because um, I know you're a big Justin Fields guy. Um, Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, all the rookies, Trey Lance. Take them out of the equation. There's about 16 or 17 real starting quarterbacks in the NFL, and then you start to get into the question marks. And Darnold has question marks. Carson Wentz obviously has question marks coming off last season, but so does everybody else. The Cam Newtons, even the Ben Roethlisberger's because of the age and, and, and what's going on with him in the shoulder, the Ryan Fitzpatrick's, the Jimmy Garoppolo's. We know what's going on in New Orleans. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater in Denver, Ted Drew Locke, Tua. Uh, uh, our buddy Jimmy Kemsky, we're going to get on the show uh, – Next week, couldn't do this week uh, because he had some issues. Uh, you know, he did his uh, dumpster fire series this week, which I always love. It's always enjoyable. But he also <laughs> roasted each NFL team. You should go look at that, Jody, because he just roasted. No, I, I, I've already there. read it. Quick yeah. aside, and we'll get back to the quarterback list. The first time I read one of Jimmy's dumpster fire columns, I, I missed it like whoosh, right over oh. my head. I didn't realize there was somewhat of a tongue implanted in cheek aspect to the column. I was going, man, he's nasty. <laughs> really? It, it, yeah, I, I can't say what he's saying is inaccurate, but I think he's overstating it. And damn, this guy is writing from an ego perspective. Yeah. 
And then I realized when we did the next one, I said, oh, okay. This is the same as yesterday. He's Man. doing this on purpose. Yeah. Oh, I get it now. First one I ever read, I was going like, which is the best part. The best guy. part of the whole series because he does it every year. The best part is the comments because don't do the Cowboys. Yeah, he's doing the Cowboys, you moron. But that, yeah, it goes it goes over a lot of people's heads. So uh, the, the first one did. I'll I'll yeah. I, I'll at least get myself. I caught up pretty quick thereafter. But the first time, I I kind of missed out on it. And yeah, shame on me. It's sort of time. like you know, Mike Sealski, who's also a friend of the show. He had that uh, that shtick where he would he would write something just outrageous and then say my column and and do a colon and didn't put in a link and he was doing that for years and every single time somebody not somebody multiple people oh you moron you forgot the link <laughs> Salesky does cynical well you and i can agree on that all right uh, we had gotten to borrow and card do you believe when the season's over and done with do you think carson wentz is going to be since there's 32 teams in the NFL, if you're number 18, you're in the top two-thirds. You're not quite in the top half because the half would be at number 16. So he has them at top of the second half of the quarterbacks in the NFL. Do you think, because last year we know full well, he was in the bottom third, bottom fourth, bottom fifth, depending on how you want to do your division. Uh, he's pretty damn bad. Do you think he can be the 18th best quarterback in the NFL? Yeah, I think he can be. I, I just, you know, I, I think he be, could probably be a little bit higher if he gets back to his uh, 20, I'm not even going to say 2017, if he gets back to his 2018, 2019 form, that's a top 15 guy, uh, certainly in that range, that middling range. Um, I don't think he can go much higher than that. And sort of what I just talked about, I think now that we've gotten away from it, we know that injury was more devastating than people thought at the time. He's not the same guy physically, just not the same guy. All right. I want to uh, ask you a specific comparison between two quarterbacks. And yes, we all have the guys that we like and the guys that we don't like as much. You're a bigger Matthew Stafford fan than I am. I'm a bigger uh, – no, but you're a pretty big Justin Fields fan, but just not quite as big as I am. You're not as big a Tua fan as I am, and I think Tua's going to have a uh, major uh, jump-up year in his second season in the NFL. Sims has Car uh, Sam Darnold at number 19, and Tua Tagabaloa, who, yes, there are 32 teams in the National Football League, he's got him 34th, which means he's got, at a minimum – Two backup quarterbacks rated higher than Tua Tagovailoa. I know Tua didn't have much of a year last year, and I've tried my darndest to get explanations. Was it him who didn't want to throw the ball downfield? Was it the offense designed to not uh, put him in a position where he's going to have to throw risky throws? He did have a winning record, although his stats didn't come close to jumping off the page. But he had the season that he had, and it was certainly a lesser season than I thought he was going to be able to hit the ground running with in his rookie year. How is Tua 34th, but Sam Donald is 19th? Sam Donald has done zippity doo in his NFL career. I know I'm a Jet fan, and I watch all of Sam Donald's games. So he has been a disappointment. If you want to share the blame with pieces around him as to why that transpired, Okay, fine. 
But you can only judge Sam Donald on what he has achieved to this point and what he was coming out of college. You can only yeah. judge Tua Tungabaloa on what he did last year and what he did coming out of college. Tua was better last year than Sam Donald, and Tua was better than Sam Donald when they were in college. How is Sam Donald number 19 and Tua Tungabaloa number 34? Uh, I would say two reasons. One I already gave you would be Adam Gase. I think there's the Adam Gase effect and the assumption that if you get away from him and Ryan Tannehill's kind of helping Sam Darnold, people say, I've heard it so many times, look at what Ryan Tannehill's done. Well, you know, Sam Darnold's got a chance. I think that's one part of it. The second part, injury. That's my concern with Tua. I don't think he's the same guy. Now, maybe as he gets further away from that injury. Uh, maybe he turns back into the guy he was at Alabama. That's my biggest concern with Tua. That's why I'm not a, a big Tua fan. Now, I, I never thought he was going to be a top 10 quarterback or anything. I didn't evaluate him that highly as some people did coming out of college, but I thought he had a chance to be a competent starting quarterback in the NFL. I, I now don't think that. But I only don't think that because I don't think he's the same guy physically. So until I see it, um, it's hard for me to project him very highly. And I've said that before about the Eagles and the draft pick. I think it's going to be – you and I are on different pages. I think it's going to bode very well. I think I think Miami's not going to be as, as good as people – some people think they're going to be. And I, obviously that would help the Eagles. Right, and I do think they're going to be good because I'm a bigger Tua fan than you. And he's got Cam Newton at number 20, one-time MVP, uh, going back to the Patriots. Yes, they drafted a quarterback, but they didn't move up to draft a quarterback like a lot of people thought they might. Mac Jones actually came down to them in the first round where they selected. I uh, don't know if they're going to rush Mac Jones in or if uh, Newton is going to have the reins all year. Amazing last year. You talk about a guy who fell off the roof. Cam Newton, four games into the season last year, I thought was an MVP candidate. He was playing so great in New England. I said, damn, what a find by them. What a sign by them. They got him on the cheap, and he's turning back the clock and playing to his MVP level. And then, man, he and the entire Patriot team just fell to, fell back to earth. Uh, so I'm not exactly sure what Cam Newton is coming into the season. If he's 20 out of 40, I actually think that's a pretty good ranking because you got him dead in the middle of all the quarterbacks yeah. in the NFL. He could fight his way back. If he plays like he did the first four games, he's top 10. If he plays like he did the last three quarters of the season, he's number 37. Don't know which yeah. way it's going to go, but uh, I got no problem. I don't, with I don't, I put Cam and Ben Roethlisberger in similar categories, especially now we have the extra game. Everybody makes a big thing. Those guys are just so beaten up physically. They, they're not going to be what they once were. They're just not. I, yeah. I mean, they are just beaten to shreds. That's the issue with Cam Newton and Ben Roethlisberger. And it happens to everybody. They were great quarterbacks. They're no longer great quarterbacks. They're not going to get it back at this stage. And I think Roethlisberger is going to be really, really easy to read this year. I just mentioned how Cam got off to this unbelievable start, but then went backwards. Oh, I think you're going to be able to tell with Ben Roethlisberger the first two weeks of the season. The Steelers could easily finish in last place in their division this year. If after three games we see Ben Roethlisberger is again averaging like six yards per attempt 
And the only thing he's doing is throwing a ball. He's checking down and throwing it to guys, either quick slants and or out of the backfield or uh, turn and catch by the tight end. If he's not taking chances downfield, his career is over. The Steelers' chances for the season are over. But I think Ben's got one more season left in him. I think he comes back a major motivated guy by the season he had last year. And I think he's got one last magical carpet ride well, in him. And I by, think- by the way, they were sticking eleven and zero last season, Jody. When the when the when the wheels fell off, I think people forget that they were eleven and zero, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And then it just it, it just went to hell. They had no running game. They have to get some kind of running game to help Ben out uh, to get through seventeen games with all his issues. Uh, that's tough. And I think they will have a running game because they wisely used their first round draft pick on uh, a highly rated and I think could be tremendously productive running back in Najee Harris. By the way, I'm starting to think, Jody, real quick, it's creeping into my head. I'm starting to think you're the biggest Alabama fan on this show. And it's not our executive producer, Xander Krauss. You love Alabama guys. It yeah. just hit me. Devonta Smith, Tua Tungabaloa, Najee Harris. Harris. Who do you don't like from Alabama? Give me somebody you don't like from Alabama. Jerry Judy's overrated. How about Landon Landon Dickerson? You like him? I hope so. Uh, We got to see him get out onto the field if he gets that. Well, I'll tell you a guy I don't like. uh, Leatherhead, if the Raiders draft you, you're screwed. Because they always evaluate, over-evaluate their players. So I, they, they, I, I refute what you say. I don't love every All right, all right. I, I like, I, I like a good in. number of them. It just I in. certainly believe uh, that uh, the Eagles got the better of the two wide receivers coming out this year from Alabama. Despite the fact that I'm a Tua fan, I think that uh, Mr. Smith here in Philadelphia will outperform Mr. Waddle down in Miami. So I don't love every Alabama guy. But all right, all right let's do a uh, quickie recap here. Top 20 quarterbacks. We started in on the next 20 a little bit. We'll uh, f- f- firm that up for you. Mahomes one, Allen two, Rodgers three, Deshaun Watson four, Russell Wilson. That's five. Eagles no mention. Lamar Jackson six, <laughs> Kyler Murray seven, Matthew Stafford eight, Dak Prescott nine. I haven't gotten to an eagle yet. Tom Brady. <laughs> uh, did I say Brady 10? Brady yeah. 10, Justin Herbert 11, Ryan Tannehill 12, Baker Mayfield 13, Derek Carr 14, Matt Ryan 15. So the Eagle opponent week one, Matt Ryan is in the top 15, and Eagle quarterback is not. Uh, Kirk Cousins 16, Joe Burrow 17, Carson Wentz 18, Sam Darnold 19, I question both of those two, uh, and Cam Newton under, uh, at number 20. Yeah, we've gone officially halfway through the list, and we haven't gotten to an Eagle quarterback yet, but we got t- 20 more quarterbacks to go. Will an Eagle quarterback be on that list? Nick Stick Mullins. Around. Nick Mullins. <laughs> Stick around here on Birds 365 to find out. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. 
Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. A summer edition of Birds 365 here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. It's your Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald, having some fun uh, at the expense of one Chris Sims, who came out with his top 40 quarterback rankings for the upcoming NFL season. We've gotten through the first 20 in nary a Philadelphia Eagle quarterback to be found. Right. Jody, yeah. can I break in for a second? Because sure. I just want to say something. This is depressing news for me personally and for the show as well. We had Les Bowen on earlier this week, and he explained he's retiring. They took his buyout uh, from the Inquirer. Paul Domovich today just announced that he's retiring. Really? Buyout from it. So that's disappointing. But I just wanted to say uh, thank you to Domo. I, I mean, in my opinion, and that's why I just put on Twitter, that is the best football mind in the Delaware Valley, bar none. I guess you can argue Ray Dinger. I don't want to – this Ray as well, but I mean, just phenomenal uh, career for, for Paul. So I want to say congratulations to him personally. Hopefully he's listening to the show and thank you. And hopefully we'll get him on the show so he can do that. Uh, here's 
my thoughts on Damo, which are very, very similar to yours. Um, every year I'll have Damo on for the however many years that he's been the uh, Philadelphia representative in a Hall of Fame vote. Um, you get that by longevity, covering the team, uh, that you need to be the, uh, the guy who's covered them for a major media outlet that would be newspapers back then, but now it's newspapers slash websites. And I thought that Damo, when he got the vote, absolutely positively deserved it. And he has been uh, the guy representing Philadelphia players in that room every year for years. Uh, and I think he has done a phenomenal job. And he always comes on with me either before and or after and tells uh, tales of how it went and his stances and uh, being able to read the rest of the room on other guys and how the Philadelphia guys played into it. Uh, and I can't thank him enough for being as gracious as he has been coming on with me those last couple of years. But you talk about having an important position. You and I are both baseball fans. I might be a little bigger than you since it's kind of in my DNA. And the Hall of Fame status in baseball is you have your vote, you cast your vote, that's it. They have hundreds. It kind of goes up and down anywhere from 200 and change to 400 yeah. and change writers that have a vote. And that's a pretty big number. In the NFL, they got 40-some-odd guys in that room. So your status is one of 40-something rather than one of 400 is that much more important. And, oh, by the way, you're allowed to give your opinion, get up in front of the room, and make a case for somebody. In baseball, that's what you do. That's yes. what you do. You give cases for players and try to get everybody else in the room uh, sort of sway them. Dama's been... Uh, trying to get Eric Allen. That's been his, his sort of number one guy. And then he had Seth Joyner. I hope he keeps the boat. I think he's going to keep the boat, but I haven't talked to him yet. But, um, yeah, it's a very important position. It, it it means so much, and especially as you have this sort of change over the ship, a lot of guys who get boats getting a little bit younger. There's a lot of old school guys there, but let's be honest. I mean, history gets lost a lot. So, if you don't have the right guy lobbying for you, it, it's – I've never, to be honest, we're going down – we'll talk about this maybe on a different show. I've never liked the system because it relies too much on the presenter. Uh, you know, uh, it, it shouldn't be on their shoulders to get somebody like Harold Carmichael. Dama was able to get Harold Carmichael finally in a Hall of Fame. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Why'd it take so long? I mean, come on, do your research. I'd look at the other voters. Um, you know, I there I think there's too much pressure uh put on the individual city's representatives. There's 50 guys, I think, now. There's more national guys, they expanded it. But there's too much pressure on those guys. There really is. Well, but in comparison to the other Hall of Fames. 
I actually think the NFL's voting process is more open-minded. Really? Because yeah. you I don't, have I don't someone know. at least there making a presentation to you and maybe forcing you to rethink or expand your line of thinking. Uh, like I said, baseball is the one I, I kind of relate to more than any other. You have your vote. You make yeah. your mind up every single year. Nobody calls you and says, oh, by the way, can we take 20 minutes to talk about some guys that I think should be on your ballot this year? No, there's none of that. You just make yeah. your mind up for yourself, at least in the NFL. They have a day, a time, hours that they sit together, and guys make cases for players to maybe open other people's minds or change people's minds. Uh, it might be one of those things like uh, democracy is the worst government in the world, except for all the other ones. Uh, same thing yeah. for the NFL voting well, system. I'll, it's I'll perfect, but it's better than all the others. I'll tell you a quick story because, you know, I covered Minnesota for a long time. And I always, I never got a feel. Like, I, I knew certain guys were going in the Hall of Fame. And there was one guy particularly who I said, well, this guy's no doubt about it. This guy's first ballot, um, you know, slam dunk. And that was Randall McDaniel, which was interesting. We had Hollis Thomas on who said he used to um, beat up Randall McDaniel. But anyway, it was ridiculous numbers, 10-time All-Pro. Forget about Pro Bowls, just ridiculous numbers. So obviously went in the Hall of Fame, but it took a couple years, three three years or so. Not a long time, but it took a, a little bit. of. Then John Randall came up, and I said, well, yeah, maybe he'll be a Hall of Famer someday, but it'll take a while. No, first ballot. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't. I I just use that as an example. You know, you you bring up baseball. I, I see your argument. It's it's a valid argument. I I think it depends on the voter. Like there are some baseball voters. Like I don't even worry about. It. Okay, this guy's going to get it right. There's other ones who are like, okay, this guy shouldn't even have a vote. And some of those guys publicize their vote. Some don't because they're so embarrassed of it. But you see some of the publicized ones. Are like, why does this guy have a vote? So I guess it depends on the individual. Uh, you know, when you have 50 guys voting like the NFL, man, you, they, they should all be prepared. And they're not all prepared. That, that, that I guess, is my biggest. Damo's not one of those guys. Damo, Damo is prepared. See, you know, I could be a jerk and say, let me get the list. And you can start <laughs> rattling off names of guys who you don't think are prepared. I actually think it's a pretty damn good group. Well, and the reason why I brought up... McDaniel, other than the fact that they don't have John McMullen on the list, yeah. I, I don't know exactly where they do come up short. Well, I think I think the strongest guys are guys who know the history of the game and are you caught in the moment. Like, you know, there was a, a tweet that sort of went viral uh, calling uh, Tyreek Hill the best deep threat of all time. You know, to me, that says, oh, I've only been watching the NFL since 2010 <laughs> or whatever. Years, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's you can go back to Bob Hayes and you go way back, never mind the Randy Mosses of the world. But, um, yeah, it's a dumb statement. But, uh, you know, guys who are slaves to the moment and, and – you know, they and and lose the history. They shouldn't be in those voting circles. Fair enough. Um, and I'll and I don't think I have to, but I'll do it since you just left it out there. Uh, I'll explain your Minnesota uh, conundrum. 
One's an offensive lineman, one's a defensive lineman. One can actually get yeah, but in, that's what I'm saying. In-game stats that you can yeah. look at, yeah. it's it's difficult. And yeah, you really have to do your homework and be on top of it and understand the game of football to be able to determine who are the best offensive linemen, whatever position, be it center guard, tackle, left side, right side. We can all argue and differentiate that, but it's there's no stat that points to. This guy was this good. You actually have to do the homework of look up the team and how many yards per carry and how often the quarterback. There isn't a nice, easy column you can look down to and say, wow, did he really do that? Man, he must have been a good offensive lineman. So it's just harder to determine how great an offensive lineman well, is I will than say it there is, is a, a rushing number, defensive Jody. lineman. There is one number. Ten-time first-team All-Pro. Uh, All-decade team. The fact that somebody was in the Hall of Fame because he retired earlier, Gary Zimmerman, who um, played left tackle for uh, not only Minnesota but uh, Denver uh, and retired before Randall. So he got in the Hall of Fame first. And, you know, I talked to Gary Zimmerman about Randall. I'm, and he, you know, Hall of Famer, I'm not even close is what he said. So to, to Randall as a player. Um my point is, if you're in that position, you should know that. So I agree with you with fans. When fans are having arguments, I agree with what you're saying. It's easy for them to recognize the defensive lineman uh, versus the offensive lineman. I'm not talking about fans. I'm talking about the guys in that room who should know that. And most of them do know it. Uh, most of them. The vast majority of them. There's a few, and I'm going to play ages in the opposite way here, there's a few who don't understand the history of the game. That's, that's all I'll say. That, and that's probably pretty fair. All right. Uh, I want to get back to this quarterback list because we got Rob Motty yeah. of the Associated yeah, Press hopping aboard with us coming up in about uh, 10 minutes. Things happen, Jody. Sorry, I had to say something. No, about that. And, and I got no problems getting off on a Damo slash Hall of Fame tangent. Uh, we were going through the list. We went through the top 20. 21 through 25 include... Jimmy Garoppolo at 21, Ben Roethlisberger at 22, Ryan Fitzpatrick at 23, Taysom Hill at 24, and Jameis Winston at 25. I, I actually don't mind him putting the two New Orleans quarterbacks together, except for one big reason. Jameis has got to be better. <laughs> yeah. Taysom Hill Jameis is, is a, Swiss, he's a Swiss army knife dressed up as a quarterback. He is a valuable football player. His value will decrease the more he plays quarterback for the New Orleans Saints this year with Drew Brees no longer their uh, number one signal caller. I think he's got Taysom Hill on on a projected uh, level that he can't possibly achieve. How about you? I agree with you. I think he shouldn't be in the top 40. I don't think he's a quarterback. In fact, we're talking about Alabama. Who's the Alabama quarterback coming in? I don't know, but he's better than Taysom Hill. <laughs> That, that's what I'm going to say. Um, well, our boy from uh, Clemson, uh, TJ. Wow, he's uh, much hunga, hunga, yeah. he, uh, I'm going to uh, leave that to you to yeah, I I, learn it. I knew but it. the kid I, from Oklahoma who's the backup to Spencer Rattler, he's better. And oh, I forget his name already. That, that's what um, got, got on Taysom Hill. They're all, they're all quarterbacks. Taysom Hill's not a quarterback. So uh, we saw enough of Taysom Hill. Jameis Winston is going to be the starting quarterback of that team. And then the other part is, I talked about Ben Roethlisberger being beat up. 
uh, he's going to be in a wheelchair at 60 and be better than Jimmy Garoppolo. That's when, when Tom Brady said, you're going with that MFR. That's who I immediately went to. Utah, Utah is Garoppolo, yeah. huh? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not as down on Garoppolo as you are. Uh, his, his biggest issue is he can't stay healthy. He can't stay yeah. on the field. We're only two years from We talk about, hey, weren't the Eagles just in the Super Bowl? Well, the yeah. Eagles were actually in the Super Bowl longer ago than Jimmy Garoppolo was. But it seems like people have completely forgotten. The well, because I don't think he had anything to do ago. with it. I think they got the Super Bowl despite him. And if you look at how they played, and remember who Kyle Shanahan is, Jody. Remember what he is. And if you watch that San Francisco game, I can take you to the exact moment. He threw an interception, one of the ugliest interceptions you will ever see in the divisional round against Minnesota. It was Eric Kendricks, I think, who picked him off. And from that point forward, Kyle Shanahan said, you know what? We're just going to run the football. we got a great offensive line, great running game. They ran the football down Minnesota's throat. They ran the football down Green Bay's throat. And then in the Super Bowl, which is a game they should have won, but it's Kyle Shanahan, they were playing well. But the minute they got behind, because remember, that might have been Patrick Mahomes' worst game. The minute they got behind, it was over. It was All over. Right. Yeah. I Number one, I think you're being harsh on Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, that was a bad pick. I remember that pick was a bad pick. And, yeah, Kyle Shanahan is supposedly uh, – both of these offensive gurus are put on pedestals out there in the NFC West that I don't know that they've necessarily achieved just yet, Shanahan. And, well, that's uh, fair. But he wants to throw the ball is my uh, point, uh, not okay. that he's great. If, if Garoppolo was that bad, why didn't they replace him coming into this past season? Well – uh, they probably should have, but uh, but they did. And if Shanahan is this genius and has all that kind of sway, can't he make? But he did now. He did now. I mean, they took a kid who has barely played at the college level from North Dakota State and said that tells you a lot, Jody. Right, they're but going then, up to number then, three overall to get their quarterback. That tells are, are you a lot. Are you suggesting Trey Lance is going to start week number one? No, I'm saying, but well, it's going to be another season of Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, no, I think he'll be on the field at some point. What I'm saying is they have made a clear indication that they don't believe Jimmy Garoppolo is their answer, and they have chosen their quarterback of the future. That's what I'm saying. When it starts, I can't tell you. That depends on how badly things go. But it, they're not – Trey Lance is their quarterback of the future. I think we can both agree on that. Yes. Oh, no, there's, there's no question in my mind. But Garoppolo's going to be the quarterback again this year, at least as a start. And it could go all year long. Lance could sit the entire season. Uh, yes, he had a bad interception against Minnesota. And his coach kind of did pack up the van and say, let's get the ball out of his hands going forward, which they did the next week and ran it to the tune of 200 and something yards. And the, once you start down that road, if the engine's running well and you're going downhill, why would you think about changing? No, it worked quite well for them. Up That's until a guy who could have won a Super Bowl in Atlanta if he just ran the football, but he didn't want to because he had a quarterback who could throw it. Now he was the offensive coordinator, not the head coach. Dan Quinn should have put his foot down. But nonetheless, he wanted to throw it. He wants to throw it. He wants to throw it. He didn't think he could throw it. That mm. is what I'm trying to get across. Uh, I'm... Uh... I don't love Jimmy Garoppolo either, but I, I think some people are a little harsh 
on him. And if uh, and when Lance takes over, I would not be surprised if Garoppolo goes somewhere else and helps someone else win. Um, so Ben, uh, Garoppolo, Ben, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Taysom Hill, James Whitson, we both talked about. Uh, Daniel Jones, 26, woefully high. Zach Wilson, 27. Trevor Lawrence, 28. So he's got Wilson ahead of Lawrence. He's not alone there. Others did that. I think they're all just crazy nuts to believe that Wilson's going to be better than Trevor Lawrence. And remember, Wilson's a jet guy who I want to root for, but I'm giving you my honest opinion. Andy Dalton, 29. Mac Jones, 30. I'm a, I'm a Mac Jones fan, so I got no problems, even though he may never see the field this year, having him at number 30. Daniel Jones at 26. Your thoughts, Johnny Mac? Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I mean, that's where I think Daniel Jones could be. Remember, 32. That's almost bottom five. Uh, you know, he's not that. I think Daniel Jones is exactly where he should be in that type of conversation. By the way, that's not a positive development, certainly for the New York Giants. You want to be ahead uh, of 26. The young guys I talked about, I mean, look, I don't even think they should be on this list. I think you should wait a little bit. Uh, obviously you talk about projection. If you're going to talk about projection, I'm like you, Trevor Lawrence is number one. Uh, and then it's either Zach Wilson or Justin Fields, number two amongst the rookie quarterbacks for me, but it's tough to put them on this list. And if Trevor Lawrence is what I think he is, he's going to be much higher, uh, than where he is on this list next season. Let's put it that way. Right. If you've got uh, Justin Herbert, who after just one year can get up into crack the top dozen, get to number 11, I think Trevor Lawrence could have that kind of an effect on the Jaguars. Oh, by the way, I think the Jaguars are going to play a lot of 35-31 games this year. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to do his thing and put up points, but the Jags' defense could be pretty poor. Uh, So at least that'll be more exciting than they have the last couple of years. Uh, I got complete faith in Trevor Lawrence. If he stays healthy, that he's going to be able to, to perform at a pretty high level. And we'll go by Zach Wilson and Daniel Jones like they're standing still from number uh, 29, uh, 28. Uh, Andy Dalton at number 29. Uh, I guess I'm yeah. okay with that. Uh, yeah, I think that, Trevor, uh, that Justin Fields should be the guy in Chicago, I think, uh, once they get into – a camp where they're actually practicing and the arm strength can be judged against defenders because they're not doing that now in, in camps. It's just all shorts and, and, and no real true coverage against it. So you're just showing off your arm strength. I think once you see what Justin Fields can do against defenses, uh, uh, I don't know the reason other than when they signed Andy Dalton, they said, Andy, you're going to be our starting quarterback. Okay. That's week one. Where do we go? Week number two, Justin Fields. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. And I think there's too much pressure on Chicago as a whole, Jody. Uh, Anytime you draft a quarterback, it's not top five, but it's still high-level quarterback. You got to get them on the field. And I don't think they're going to be a very good football team. Now, with Andy Dalton as a starting quarterback, now what can change that is that defense. That defense is still really talented. So, if they, if they start winning 17, 14 games, 2017 games, you're not going to take a guy off the field that's winning football games. So I think a lot of it to how quickly Justin Fields gets on the field uh, is about that defense more than anything else because they're going to have to carry him if Andy Dalton. And how disciplined can Chicago be? 
if they want to go the route of Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers and wait and give them time to develop, you have to be very disciplined. And I'm not sure Matt Nagy or Ryan Pace are in the position to be that disciplined. Then let me ask you a question about, hey, if they're winning, they're not moving. How do you rank to a tongue of a low in at number 34 if you're Chris Sims? Um, Last I checked, the Miami Dolphins won football games when Tua Tungabaloa was on the field playing starting quarterback for them. Now, I think we're all smart enough to be able to look at a game. You said it about Garoppolo. The 49ers made it to the Super Bowl, despite <laughs> Garoppolo, yeah. that there were other more important reasons that the team won and continued to advance and ended up in the Super Bowl than Garoppolo just dropping back and zinging it off the year. I surely believe that you can put that into uh, effect in putting together a list like this. If that's what you're saying about quarterbacks, the only thing that matters is winning. Well, then Tua should be a hell of a lot higher than number 34. No, I, I don't think the only thing that matters is winning. And, and the Chicago standpoint, I think it's about it makes it easier for you to stay disciplined if you win games. In other words, it's easy to say if you're five and one, even if you won those games with the defense, it's easy to say we should continue to move forward in the same direction. If you're one and five, it's really difficult to do that. So I think that's the difference. With Tua, Jody, I go back to Jimmy Kempsky and his joke column about uh, Rosen. The film, man, the film was ugly. The film was ugly on Tua last year. He did not play well. There's no other way that I, you got to be fair. He did not play well. Now, maybe it's because of the injury. Maybe he gets healthy. But uh, he did not play well on film last year. And I think that's the concern. Right. But, uh, and this is just my belief. And I've gotten people, I talked to Joe Rose former Dolphin tight end, broadcaster for the Dolphins last year. And he hinted at it, but he wouldn't come right out and say it uh, because he still works semi for the organization. If he's doing their games, he's part of their family. He wouldn't come out and just uh, say it outright, but he hinted enough for me to believe. The coaching staff was afraid of asking Tua to do too much. The, the, the playbook was there. Tua said himself, I didn't want to change out of the plays, which means he really was thinking about changing out of the plays, but he didn't want to do that. As a rookie quarterback, he didn't want to say, all right, they're sending in the play. The first two reads are both uh, four-yard passes. I'm going to uh, belie this, and I'm going to go over the top to a question. We'll see this year, at least it's being reported, that Miami is putting an emphasis on throwing the ball downfield this upcoming season. Then we'll get a real read on Tua, whether he is capable of doing it or he. there was a reason that Miami did what they did last year because they just didn't see his abilities to be able to do it. Well, they're going to take a shot here in year number two, and I think the kid's going to be able to come through. All right, he's McMullen. I'm McDonald. It's the Mac Mac guys here on Birds 365. Quickie timeout, come back. Rob Marty, another M, is going to join us. Eagle Beat reporter for the AP next here on Birds 365. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. 
Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods, your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Thursday edition of Birds 365 with McMullen and McDonald. Oh, we're going to make an addition for the final half hour or so here on the show. Um, he's not well lit. Damn, when you and I are better lit than our guests, that's a bad thing for that. Oh, that's, Maybe that's, it's a, good a, thing that's a bad thing because Rob deserves to be well lit. Right. I, I need to, I need to lower the light, but you okay. know, what can well, you do? Mine, mine's actually looking not bad today. Marty, you're usually looking good. What the hell? You're doing it in the dark? Uh, the, the family at home? Or are you trying to be a considerate dad? What's the deal here? Man, I, I, I don't know. I had a late, rough night, so I, I was uh, just trying to get myself situated. I do have some lights around here. I Wait, even got the whoa, ring whoa, light whoa, and whoa, everything. Whoa, 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 hold on. Late, rough night. Come on, uh, work we're going to live, gonna live <laughs> through you. Uh, was that out on the town or just the young no. people out? No, no. I so I still haven't transitioned yet into my AP NFL writer role that's coming in a couple weeks. So yesterday I got stuck with a the five six hour marathon of a Phillies game in addition to two three yeah. different NFL stories. It was a it was a, a hectic, <clears throat> busy, busy kind of day. Those days are over, Jody. Those were some good <laughs> days, though. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to ask if you were still doing the Phillies or if you've completely shifted over. So it's going to be more. 
Yeah, yeah it's going to be nice for you to center on one thing. I do want to bring up, you let me know, uh, your podcast, the, the the AP Pro Football Podcast with Rob Motti, uh, you're going to have Donovan McNabb on. Uh, has that dropped yet? So it dropped uh, just a few minutes ago. I'm about to post some. We're going to share some videos out. Some interesting things to say from Donovan on there, for sure. Uh, one of those was, I didn't know. John, did you know? I didn't know he mentored. He says he mentored Jalen Hurts. So I did that, not know that. Yet, yeah, so. I, I, I didn't know if that was public knowledge. I, he just dropped that on me. I was like, okay. So uh, he mentored Jalen Hurts. He's he's high on on Jalen. And, and as far as, you know, Donovan a couple of years ago had some things to say about Carson that went a little bit, uh, you know, uh, blown out of proportion, I think, at times. And uh, so I asked him I asked him about the Eagles and, and the whole situation. And you know, his, his quote was um, – I just think the Philadelphia Eagles, they got to change a lot of things that's going mm. on over there. And reading between those lines is going to be interesting. So yeah. we, we discussed we discussed that, and I, and I, I know he's referring to the front office and some of the in, the environment that has been created over there. So it's not just the most recent former Philadelphia Eagles who know about that front office structure it's guys who've been far removed like donovan 10 years ago or so so i thought that was very interesting that he makes a comment like that about uh some of the things going on over there and then he he continued to say uh, eventually over time i think they'll make those changes so i i don't know what he foresees <laughs> i don't i don't anticipate anything happening as far as uh howie roseman uh this year for sure and, and, and I still think he's fairly, you know, he's fairly in, in certainly good standing over there. So we'll see how that plays out. But it's a it's a really cool, interesting conversation, a long conversation with Donovan McNabb. Looking forward to listening to that. But uh, before I do, I want to get a couple of things straightened out from you. I got uh, a bunch of follow up <laughs> questions. Mentored Jalen Hurts. When <laughs> was that supposed to have taken place and where? It, yeah, and I don't know if he was referring to mentoring Jalen Hurts as in on the field or just a, a con yeah. conversations type and somebody to lean on, hey, you know, hey, this is going on. This is what it's like to be a quarterback in the city of Philadelphia. Um, th this is what it's, you know, this is the media. This is how the fan base is. That kind of thing just gave him his insight after being here for uh, a decade himself. So it, it wasn't really uh, – I, I didn't take that as he's out there on the field leading Jalen Hurts because we know Jalen's worked out with different guys. He did say, I know who he's worked out with, and that's why I feel he's going to be successful. And we saw him win wherever he called him. He said he's a winner. Everywhere he's been, he's he's been a winner. And we saw a little uh, – some of the, the highlights, the splash plays last year, and he thinks that he's capable. But he was also quick to say that it's there's a lot more than just Jalen Hurts. Like he said, it wasn't all on Carson last year, and it can't be all expected to be on Jalen. The offensive line has to uh, come back, come back healthy, keep him upright. The players around him have to take a step forward. Dallas Goddard has to show that he can be tight end, uh, a, a productive starting tight end. Miles Sanders has to protect the football and 
take another step. And then he said, I don't even want to get into the defense. So uh, he, he <laughs> I, I don't know that he thinks that the Eagles are going to be a winning team this year, but he certainly feels that Jalen Hurts is capable of being a productive starting quarterback at the NFL level. Yeah, and Rob, by the way, I don't think that's a bad thing at all. Nobody knows about playing quarterback in the modern era. Maybe you can go back to Jaws, but a little bit different in Philadelphia than Donovan McNabb. So if he's on the phone telling Jalen Hurts what to expect, I think that's a good thing. But you mentioned reading those tea leaves in the front office. Donovan's great at that, saying stuff where you got to read the tea leaves. What do you think he meant? I, I look at that front office. My biggest question is not, you know, how it's set up, not Howie Roseman. Who's accountable? Who do we point at? Is accountability the biggest problem when you look at that Eagle setup in the front office? I think that's part of it, uh, the accountability, because we've had those conversations, John and Jody. We've had those conversations with Jeffrey Lurie where he doesn't point the finger at anybody. And I wouldn't expect him to point the finger publicly, but it's one thing to not point the finger publicly at Howie or anyone else within the team. And it's another to go out of your way to defend and in the way and in the manner that he does it. Now, uh, you know, he, he may think that his GM is doing a great job and, and he's won a Super Bowl and all things are you know, taken in a five, six, seven year span and evaluated that way. And I can understand where he's coming from. I just go off of what I'm hearing from players and, and, and when players who and of course, when you hear things from players. Right. You also have to take into consideration uh, uh, why why would they say this? Are they disgruntled? Did they not get their way? Did they not get a contract that they wanted? Did they not get however it played out? And uh, you also always have to take that into consideration. But uh, the comments and, and the thoughts and everything from players, even within the team, still uh, are, are of those that things are sometimes very uh, I hate the word toxic because we've overused it, guys. I think it's become the word. You know, there's 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 words that yeah, become yeah. cliche words, and then you keep using them over and over. But but it's that kind of feeling where uh, guys just think of, and it's not it's not all, and it's not the entire locker room. But there are certain guys in that locker room who feel that way about the front office structure, and, and we've heard different players say different things. And and the fact that it's filtered down to Donovan, or he he says in the interview, you know, I've I was like, who were you close to anybody who would fill you in? He's like that. Why well, mentored Don, uh, mentored uh, Jalen, and, and there's a lot of things that I can't say and that I can't get into, but I know a lot more. So that's Donovan, you know, and he he doesn't want to yeah. be pushed on it and, and, and say that stuff. It, it's it's one of those things where unless the Eagles win, all of this stuff shows up, right? And when they win a Super Bowl, nobody's going to say anything bad about the GM or anyone in the front office. But when things start to fall apart, you start to see it. Now, look at the Zach Ertz situation. He he's still he's still technically on the Eagles, and yep. and that that has been. Uh, it, it's mind blowing at this point that here we are weeks away, a couple weeks away from training camp, and, and you got a one of one of the best players that this organization has had in at least two decades, and, and he's sitting in limbo. Something's wrong there. A couple of things. Uh, I prefer to use the word dysfunctional than toxic to describe the Eagles front office. 
doesn't cut quite as much to the quick. So I, I stick with dysfunctional. Um, and an individual who did Jeff Laurie a major favor this year is Doc Rivers. Because you talk about defending people. <laughs> oh, my God, did he set the level of defense higher than ever before with Ben Simmons. So, yes, uh, Jeff Laurie can go pretty far in defending Howie Roseman. And he won't match up to what Doc Rivers did. Uh, you mentioned Zach Ertz and the fact that, yes, he's still here. I got a question for you. I should know the answer. I don't, but I'll ask you. And, John, if you know, jump in. Did he go to tight end you this week? They had this big gathering, the George Kittle uh, get-together, and he had to explain why he didn't invite Tebow. He said, I got to uh, preferentiate with guys who have actually been in the league a lot. Well, Zach Ertz certainly deserves to go, but because he is having this, there's that word again, dysfunction with the Philadelphia Eagles. Do you even know if he showed up uh, for that thing this week, guys? I do I not know. I don't yeah. know if Bob knows, but it just started. I think they're just getting on the field today. So okay. we'll probably have a better indication if he showed up. I'm sure he'll show he, up. He, yeah, I, I, I want to lean towards I don't think he is. Yeah. It's just it's, I, I remember yeah. Julie's uh, got the Olympic stuff going on, mm-hmm. so that might be a factor in it. I know they have 30 guys showing up, I think, uh, at tight end. So he should be amongst them. Obviously, he got invited. I think if he's not going to be there, it probably has more to do with his wife getting ready for the Olympics and things like that. Yeah, and trying to figure out where they're going to play next, even though that's not an option at this point. Yeah, Yeah. that too. But I agree. We were talking, Rob, yesterday. We're running down the Eagles' retired numbers. Uh, For some reason, Dave Zangaro brought it up, and I was thinking, you know, the Eagles. No, I, I brought it up because I was oh, yeah, five, five, ten years down the road mm-hmm. after this is all over, and Zach Ertz. I mean, this is a franchise. This is an all-time great. I'm. I'm I, it, it's amazing. You talk about toxic, dysfunctional. You got to treat a player like that a little bit better when you know the end game, and the Eagles know the end game. They don't want him here. Zach doesn't want to be here. Mm-hmm. What? Why this acrimony? If you want to use that word, um, and that is a, a an accurate word. I think there's some vin- what I've heard is some feel that there's some vindict- vindictiveness in this. In, in that they're they're trying it for lack of a better term, stick it to Zach Ertz, and and as you said, franchise great. You don't win a Super Bowl with him. Certainly a guy who who you think would be on the Eagles wall of fame, undoubtedly. And, and I think they've shown more loyalty to players in the past who've done less oh, than, no than, than Zach Ertz, right? This is, they've shown loyalty in the past. And here you have a guy who clearly they don't want anymore, who does not want to be here. And they could not figure out how to move on from them. The price was too high initially. I don't fault the Eagles for what I never fought a team for wanting as much as they can for an asset, for a player. So if you set the bar at a third-round pick going into draft weekend and you don't get that third-round pick, I I understand wanting that. But then at some point, you got to figure out, well, it's settling time because he's not going to come back. We're going to have this issue. We don't want him here. And if we're not getting a third-round pick, but the problem is – is that teams have read the situation around the league. And why would you offer a third or a fourth or even maybe a fifth for a guy who eventually you think is going to be on 
the waiver wire and you can go out there and, and, and pick him up or sign him after he clears. So that's how they botched the situation is that his value has plummeted because people around the league are plugged in enough to realize, hey, if I know that he doesn't want to be there and I know that he doesn't, you don't think other teams and other GMs and other front offices know the situation, you guys know it too as well. So why would you give up a third round pick? So here we are a couple of weeks away from the start of training camp and, and, and this guy still doesn't know where he's going to play. And it's, a, it's an incredible disservice that I think has been overlooked. And I, I think in the city of Philadelphia, it's been overlooked over the past couple of weeks because of Ben Simmons, Doc Rivers, and the Sixers' monumental collapse. Just so you know, <laughs> I, the reason I asked uh, David Gary yesterday about uh, Zach, numbers, uh, Zach Ertz's number being retired is I don't think it should be. But then again, I don't think Donovan McNabb should have been either. I'm just not a big fan of retiring numbers when you only got 100 numbers to deal with. And you got 90 man rosters uh, to, during the offseason and asking players to double up on one number, I think it's just wrong. But that's a, uh, a, a Jody Mack issue more than anything else. Number five will always love you, Jody. Yeah, I know. He gave, he gave a great speech. I thank him for giving us one of the most quotable lines in the history of Philadelphia sports, not just the Eagles. <laughs> But he can love me with his number being on somebody else's back going forward, as far as I'm concerned. Um, a lot of praise for Devonta Smith after the Eagles took him, showed up at camp, did a lot of good things. This week it was Isaac Bruce coming out saying he sees greatness in Devonta Smith. Uh, he's a guy who made it to the Hall of Fame going in this year and wasn't a tremendously large wide receiver. He uh, poo-pooed the fact that he's only 166 pounds. How high are we going to set the bar for Devonta Smith this year? It should be set pretty high, but also take into consideration what the Eagles have not been able to do in the past with wide receivers and a lack of success they've had with first-round pick at wide receivers. So I think that tempers expectations a little bit, but it's a new coaching staff. It's a new regime. It's He's being surrounded by different guys. So he's he's got that talent. I will say this, Jody. Seeing him up close, and John, you did too. The you know at at, at the open uh, mini camps, the OTAs, and whatever, he was even skinnier than I thought. Yeah, like he was. I would. I looked out at him when he was doing that one drill, that cool drill. Him and Travis Fulgham were doing throwing a football to themselves, catching it. Neither one of them dropped the pass. I'm just like looking at this guy, and and his ankles were like this tiny. Yeah. And, and I know some people want to dismiss that, and okay, he's fast, he's quick, he's going to be able to – but he's going to take some hits. He's going to get tackled. Like, this is the NFL. You've got to – there's going to be some physical corners, and no amount of speed can make up for when you're hit, right? He's fast enough to elude and escape, but eventually he's going to get hit. And, and I, I'm not saying that he's not going to be able to withstand the physicality, the violence of the NFL – but my man is even skinnier than I thought when I see him in person. And that's just something that I look at and go, it concerns me slightly. And I still think he's he's extremely talented, great hands, excellent route runner. He's got tremendous abilities. And I think he's going to shine here. 
But I, I also would not be surprised if he takes hits and sometimes he struggles to get up from them or, or, or there may be a nagging and injury as a result here or there. And, and you know, he's, he's bigger, he's taller than Deshaun Jackson, but he might be even thinner than, than Deshaun. I, I, I don't know if you took that from seeing him I, up yeah, close, John. Funny, funny story, Rob. Uh, Gary Cobb, our friend, actually, obviously the old, uh, Eagles linebacker was at one of the Novacare open practices, not the one you were talking about. And Gary just looked at me and said, man, that kid's got to get some sweatpants because his legs are so <laughs> skinny. It is unbelievable. But yeah. the second thing I took, what you mentioned, yeah, he is skinny, especially in the lower body, but he is long. I didn't mm-hmm. realize how long he was. So there's some good, there's some bad. Uh, I think he's going to be a really good player, but I'm a little bit concerned just like you uh, about the long-term rigors because of the the lower body. And you can't legislate injury, so I'm not sure what you can do about that. You just got to cross your fingers and hope the kid stays healthy. I do want to talk to you about your your new gig. You're going to shift to covering the NFL uh, international. You've already done it, but uh, from an Eagles perspective, Rob, we, we've talked to a lot of national guys on this show, and none of the national guys expect anything from this team. I mean, anything. The power rankings, this is a bottom five team in the league. Is that just about a rookie head coach and an unproven quarterback? Are people undervaluing the rest of this team, especially when you look at the offensive and, and defensive lines? I think there's some of that. And, you know, guys, we we – a lot, a lot of people realize this too. When you're talking nationally, they're not as close to the team as as we are, right? Yeah. And and they're just taking a cursory glance at it and go, like you said, superficially, uh, a rookie head coach, rookie staff, unproven quarterback coming off a horrific season. Yeah, they're going to be in my bottom five. I, I don't necessarily think they're all that off, but I think that this team's got potential to be a little bit better than most of us feel about them. And and I, I initially was in the five to seven win category. I've bumped it to six to eight, six to eight in the NFC East based on last year has you in the mix. Six, <laughs> six to eight can come down to the final uh, three weeks of the season. And you're right there playing division opponents. I think they got a lot of, ifs though and and we know that there's a a lot of different things gotta break right for this team if the offensive line which you alluded to but if they come back healthy they're one of the top offensive lines in the nfl but that's a huge if because you're counting on guys who in brandon brooks case has been injured and missed multiple seasons over the course of the last three four years lane johnson who's getting up there and had a significant injury jason kelsey might be his last year. So you're counting on older guys to come back and be healthy. But if they are and they play up to what we know, the back of their football card to borrow from Charlie Manuel and his baseball card, then we could expect the offensive line, I think, dictates the entire offense. If they're up there, they're dominating. They're open up paving lanes 
for the run game. And a run game, if, if in fact under Nick Sirianni, it's going to be highlighted a little bit more and used a little bit more, that's going to help Jalen Hurts. The play action is going to work. And if the play action is working and Devontae Smith is, is a number one pick and shows you what he kept, what why he was picked that high and, and maybe even other guys step up and Goddard isn't a much of a fallback from Zach Ertz. And then the offense can do some things this year. And then the defensive line is going to dictate, of course, how well the defense does. So I, I do think that there's some there's some potential there, but there's a lot of ifs. And and when you're holding on to if this and if that, that's a uh that that's a lot that isn't guaranteed. And, and I, I still think this team will be in a six to eight category. And and it depends week in and week out who, who they're facing, who's hurt, who's not, who's showing up, and and who isn't. And, and, and six to eight wins, again, that'll keep you in the mix in the NFC East. But I will make one bold prediction, guys. The NFC East winner this year will have a winning record. Yeah. Not far. <laughs> um, well, you're going to be nine and eight. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> you're only a half game over 500. Yeah. So maybe you're right, Marty. Good point. Um, last one for me. And I know you consider it, I can tell by what you just said. I know, John, because we talk about it all the time, and I believe it as well. Offensive line is a strength of the Philadelphia Eagles. It might be the strength of the Philadelphia Eagles uh, as the season gets underway. But I still have questions. Jeff Stoutland's word and evaluation probably has as much gravitas as anyone on the coaching staff, maybe in the entire organization. Um, So the left tackle position – uh, it's supposed to be a competition because the head coach says so. Uh, I think Jeff Stoutland's evaluation there will go a long way in determining who is the left tackle. So I want to get your read on who's going to win that, how's it going to play out. But also, they used a second-round pick on Landon Dickers, who a lot of people believe would have been a first-round pick if not for the injury at the end of the season, if the healing and the rehab goes well. And he's good to go by maybe week one at the latest sometime early in the season. You're not going to be able to judge him if he misses preseason. You're going on what he used to do. And then just what he shows you in practice. How are the Eagles going to get him into the lineup? Are they going to get him into the lineup? And if so, who's he going to replace along that line? If he's like your best offensive lineman in practice, the team should be looking for a way to get him in there. But they got a pretty stalwart line to begin with. How does Dickerson factor in as per Stoutland for this year? I'll start with the left tackle question. I, I think that Jordan Mayalata may be a little bit of a, a, a favorite in Jeff Stoutland's eyes, just the fact that what he's done with him, where he's come, how far he, he's been able to develop, and, and that's like a special project. And we saw that he played uh, effectively at times last year. But Jordan's got some versatility, and I think the left tackle position is going to come down to one of those where how much input do we get from the front office? How much input do we get from Howie Roseman saying, hey, I I traded uh, up and and drafted Andre Dillard in the first round. This is a guy that has to play, and and that's it. If Andre Dillard doesn't clearly win that starting job, yet is lined up as the left tackle week one of the of the season, you know then that they're still calling the shots from the front office. And how far does that go towards there being a clash at some point? A rookie head coach doesn't have the clout to stamp, to put stop his foot and say, no, this is what I want. This is what my position coach is saying. But 
that's going to be a very interesting situation to play out. Now, I don't know that we can really evaluate that just on a couple preseason games and, and the practices that we'll be able to see. They may be able to sell us if Andre Dillard is starting that, hey, no, he really did look better. So that, that's going to be a very interesting situation to monitor for me throughout training camp and, and into the preseason. As for Landon Dickerson, guys don't stay healthy, Jody. You know that, right? And, and I think that the best opportunity for him – is going to be when someone gets injured. And, and and if not, the one spot where I would anticipate that he could push for playing time is Isaac Sayamalu's spot at the left guard wow. position. Uh and 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 you 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 look at you look at that one, you know, he he's not gonna you're not gonna move Lane Johnson unless they no. trade Brandon Brooks, right? But I don't know how you're gonna be able to trade Brandon Brooks. What other what other position can he play on on the front? Uh, on the starting line. So I, I think that might be, but I, I don't, I would be, you would be hard pressed to see what was the last time Chip Kelly's 13 season when all five offensive linemen started yeah, 16 games. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that went a long way towards uh, the, the Eagles that year ha- having success winning the division is that offensive line. So um, I, I think that that's a shot, but th- this to me, the offensive line is one of the most interesting training training camp storylines. Uh, last one for me, Bob, the uh, Rob, the NFL had their GM forum, uh, this week coaching, uh, quarterback coaching, uh, forum. You got, uh, some time with Brian Johnson, anything, uh, from Brian, uh, he, he looks like a bad, I don't know if he's going to be around here long, Rob. I think he's one of those guys that's, that's going to be on the fast track in, in this league pretty quickly. Uh, I absolutely agree with you. So what they did on Monday was the inaugural first ever Ozzie Newsome general manager forum. And then on Tuesday and Wednesday was the fourth annual quarterback coaching summit. And what I thought was very interesting is that Brian Johnson, quarterback coach for the Eagles, rookie quarterback coach, was selected to be a presenter. So you, you have all these aspiring young head coaches and different coaching positions. And here's Brian Johnson. I believe it was on Tuesday. And, and I had the privilege to sit in on the entire stay. It was a three-day event, and, and it was it was really cool. There was a lot of a lot of smart, young, and, and not just young guys like Eric Bieniemy spoke again. You got to hear from guys like him. But I listening to Brian Johnson, watching him present to those guys, talking about developing quarterbacks and, and what's the most important uh, way, the ways to do that. And he's just showing various clips and film and. And I found I found myself sitting there watching, going, "This guy is sharp. Uh, he he does an excellent presentation. He he's very smart with the way he's handling the players. He, the dynamic between him and his relationship skills and what he talks about, uh, like you, I think that he's a he's going to be an excellent head coaching candidate." He might be one of those guys who skips that next step. He can go from quarterbacks coach if Jalen Hurts has success. And Brian Johnson's going to get credited for that. He's couldn't be a guy who can go from that QB coach spot straight to head coach. And it's interesting. Troy Vincent at one point brought up how, you know, we often hear about these these gurus, right? We hear about some of Sean McVay's uh, a guru. Well, there's a lot of other guys, right, who are who are geniuses, who are very smart uh, NFL people that we don't often hear as much about. And and I think Brian Johnson is certainly one of those guys. Jalen's in good hands. I think he's in really good hands with, with Brian Johnson. So that, that's going to be another reason why I'm, I, I, my expectation level, level for Jalen Hurts is even higher now 
than it was at the end of last season because of some of the people they've surrounded him with, the addition of Devontae Smith, and now getting to see for myself what Brian Johnson is like as a coach. Uh, I'm really uh, expecting big things out of Jalen this year. The guy who I know, both of you guys will recognize the name when I say it, uh, went from positional coach to head coach. He's actually had a pretty good run. By the name of Andy Reid. He stuck around for a little bit and had some success. We'll see if Brian Johnson is the next guy. I he like was that. part of this uh, thing, too. Andy Reid was. Yeah. And and he did a session with Bill Belichick, guys. And, and no surprise, you got all these people in a room. It's a webinar. It took, you know, it's as several hours and days long. And, and when they go to Bill Belichick for questions, his Zoom screen is just it disappeared. He, he, Bill, Bill had technical difficulties for about 15, 15 minutes. No shocker for anyone that Bill Belichick's got. Did he put the dog up there? Did he put the dog up there? Eventually, he got it to work, and he, yeah. he was he wasn't high on analytics, man. Bill was no, not. A, I he's saw like that. he called them yeah. shortcuts, but uh, yeah. uh, other than that, he was good. He was engaging, but I, I, I was not surprised that for fifteen minutes, Bill Bill Belichick was AWOL. I, I would suggest he would screw with you guys, but that would just be me. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Mr. Monty, always a pleasure. Your insights are always top shelf. We know that. I'm just kind of bummed out that you had a long night and you were actually working. You're one of those young guys I still live vicariously through. Yeah. Hope you're going out having a uh, good time on a long night. Glad to know you're a working stiff just like me and McMullen. Thanks for coming on with us today, Robbie. We'll talk to you again soon. Appreciate it, guys. You're the best. Thank you. Rob Marty. No, he's the best here with us on Earth 365. All right, we'll come back. Got to put a bow on the show before we wrap this bad boy. Birds 365 coming back. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's Army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Coming back to wrap up a Thursday edition of Birds 365 here on the Think of media YouTube channel with your Mac and Mac guys. Uh, I couple quick hits and then we got to get out of Dodge here, J Mac. Um, we got to 30 quarterbacks on Chris Sims left. Thanks to Rob Marty popping on board. As always, great job out of Marty. Um, but we got 30 deep just so we officially put it to bed here. Uh, we had uh, Andy Dalton 29, Mac Jones 30, Jared Goff 31, Teddy Bridgewater 32. Drew Locke, 33. Really? Real? Drew Locke, 33? To a tongue below it. Yeah, I, I, I would, uh, I will be continuing to throw that in the face of Chris Sims this upcoming year when Tua starts doing Tua-like things down in Miami. I think that's a major slap in the face. Uh, Tyrod Taylor. Yes, the Tyrod Taylor, who's yeah. going to be the starting quarterback for the Texans this year because if Mr. Deshaun Watson... <laughs> Is in fact there, which we don't assume he's going to be. Marcus Mariota. Remember, do the deal, Johnny Mac. Do yeah, the deal. Do the get deal. Marcus Mariota. Do the deal. Get the 36 best best quarterback in the world. And that might be a generous 36. Yeah, but be. not in comparison to number 37, Kellen Mond. I like Kellen Mond, but yeah, how do you put him ahead of Trey Lance and Justin Fields? That's a that's absurd. I think right. Kellen Mond has a good chance to be a lottery ticket three years down the line that pays off. Maybe, you know, you, you take it, you say, oh, that's, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But you don't expect anything good to happen. Absurd to happen where he is. Right. Because uh, there were some people who were saying he wouldn't go till uh, late in day three, that he could be a fifth or sixth round pick. He went in the third round right about where I thought he should have gone. So he ended up, for me, the correct value in the NFL draft the percentage of third round picks who make it in the NFL as starting yeah. quarterbacks. Yeah, but he was a he was a weird guy because when I was talking to people late in the process, uh, personnel people around the league, he was the guy that said, you know, if there's going to be six quarterbacks, if there was going to be that extra quarterback taking it like number thirty two, that everybody does a lot to get that fifth year option, it was going to be Kellen Mond. So a lot of people in this league liked him. He was a fast riser at the end. I think he's worth a lottery ticket, but to put him ahead of Trey Lance or Justin Fields doesn't make any sense. Well, we, we shall see. Um, and uh, the Florida kid was drafted in between. The five who went in the first round, he went in the second round to Tampa Bay, right? Yeah. Well, third, I think he was third, too. But I'm not. I'd have to look it up. Mm -hmm. Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask. Uh, I think he was I think he was second. Uh so that did push Kellen Mond down to the seventh quarterback drafted this year. But he's got him at 37 ahead of Trey Lance and Justin Fields, 
Who went the yeah, number three? Last pick in the second round. Last uh, pick in the Kyle second round. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's what I thought. Uh, and Justin Fields, which is just utter disrespect having him at number 39. So at least he's got to put Jalen Hurts in at number 40, right? He's going to be a starting quarterback in the league this year. You've got to show him some respect and have him <laughs> at number 40. Case Keenum. Case Keenum. I might have put Joe Flacco in at 40. I'm not going Nick Mullins, but I might get Joe Flacco at 40. Ah, don't worry. It's one guy's opinion. That's how we started the show. Don't get don't get uh, upset. But as I always say on the show, I hope Pamela Hurts, I hope you're listening. There are people harder at Jalen Hurts than me. <laughs> yes. We got Jalen's back compared to some yeah. others out there spitting in the face of Jalen. Remember, Mr. Sims. I, I'm going to transcribe this. I'm going to write it down. I'm not just going to leave it in my computer. No, no. I'm going to actually write down this list and refer to it during the year because I think he did dirty a couple of QB. But that's just me. Yeah. Uh, hey, oh, shoot. After uh, we've done more than two hours, J-Mac. Yeah, we you got think it. they'll give us overtime today? They should give us overtime. And by the way, I, I couldn't believe I couldn't. Re- I love Bill Belichick. I love that Mahdi story. I couldn't believe Nike is the name of his dog who is a uh, – and I, if you go back to that draft, it was the pandemic draft. I just love about it. Everybody's got the backgrounds. They got their chart. Belichick's at his kitchen table. He was doing the exact same thing I was doing, working from home at his kitchen table with his dog. Right. I love We're it. Taking time out to make sure the dog is no. taken care of outside. Uh, good, good for Belichick. All right. Go take care of your dog. I'll go take care of mine. And we'll come back here in 22 hours. That work for you, McMullen? It works for me. Let's do it. We'll be right back here for Football Friday on Birds 365. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Welcome to another round of Boardroom or Miro Board. Today we talk retrospectives with Agile Coach Maria. Let's go. First question. You've spent two hours in a team retro, but the only input you've heard is Dave's. Boardroom or Miro Board? Boardroom. In Miro, Dave can't hog the space because everyone can add thoughts anonymously, online, at the same time. Correct. Next. You need the team to act on feedback fast. So you turn all those retro notes into Jira tasks instantly. Miro all the way. And I can assign those tasks to teammates. You're nailing this. Now, you see hundreds of sticky notes from the retro. A real mess. But you organize them into five themes in just seconds. Miro, I basically get back an entire hour when I use its AI tools for clustering. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people running actually enjoyable and actionable retros in Miro. Get your first three boards free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.